Welcome to SF Site Audio Reviews. Today, we're listening to Thud, the latest Discworld novel from Terry Pratchett. Thud is the sound made by a heavy troll club when it comes in contact with an unfortunate dwarf head. At least, that's the rumor on the streets of Ankh-Morpork. And if it's true, if a dwarf has been murdered, then who else but a troll could have done it? It's up to Commander Vimes and the City Watch to solve this murder mystery while preventing a full-fledged war from breaking out in the streets. For a legacy of hatred runs deep between the two races, and Coombe Valley is the rallying cry for both groups. If you wanted the bare facts, it was where the dwarfs had ambushed the trolls, and or the trolls had ambushed the dwarfs, one ill-famed day under unkind stars. Oh, they'd fought one another since creation, as far as Vimes understood it, but at the Battle of Coombe Valley, that mutual hatred became, as it were, official, and, as such, had developed a kind of mobile geography. Where any dwarf fought any troll, there was Coombe Valley. Saturday was Coombe Valley Day, and Ankh-Morpork was full of trolls and dwarfs, and you know what? The further trolls and dwarfs got from the mountains, the more that bloody, bloody Coombe Valley mattered. Unfortunately, it's difficult for Vimes to concentrate on important issues when his attention is diverted by such bureaucratic squabbling as the affirmative action demands from the Black Ribbon Abstinence League, whose vampire members pledge not to drink a drop of human blood. They want a vampire in the city watch, but Vimes won't hear of it. Vimes knew all the arguments for having different species in the watch. They were good arguments. Some of the arguments against them were bad arguments. There were trolls in the watch, plenty of dwarfs, one werewolf, three golems, an Igor, and, not least, Corporal Nobbs. This was a bit of a slur on Nobby, Vimes had to admit. Like many other officers, Nobby was human. It was just that he was the only one who had to carry a certificate to prove it. So why not a vampire? And the League of Temperance was a fact. Vampires wearing the League's black ribbon, not one drop, were a fact too. And the watch was the most visible arm of government in the city. Why not set an example? Because, said Vimes's battered but still functional soul, you hate bloody vampires. Of course, as Vimes is adamantly opposed, it doesn't take long for a vampire to join the force. Things get off to a shaky start when Angua, the department's only werewolf, is asked to show Sally the vampire where her locker is located. Angua is uncomfortable around vampires, but she tries to be helpful. Anyway, this is it. And don't get too upset when someone puts holy water or a wooden stake in there. Is that likely to happen? said Sally. Not likely, said Angua. Certain. For instance, I used to find dog collars and bone-shaped biscuits in mine. But didn't you complain? What? No, you don't complain, snapped Angua. But I thought the watch was... Look, it's nothing to do with what you... What we are, OK? said Angua. It's a copper thing. No one cares if you're a troll or a gnome or a zombie or a vampire. Much, she added to herself. But don't let them believe you're a whiner or a snitch. And actually, the biscuits were pretty good, to tell you the truth. The menagerie of characters and their unique perspectives gives Terry Pratchett yet another field day for his trademark humour and barbed commentary on a variety of societal ills. Stephen Briggs uses his consummate skill as the Discworld narrator to accentuate the bizarre goings-on. 
For example, here's the first part of a contorted discussion between Sergeant Colon and Nobby Nobbs, wherein the sergeant is explaining how he knows Nobby's girlfriend works as an exotic dancer at a less-than-respectable nightclub. Me and Constable Jolson got called into the Pussycat Club, Nobby. You know, there's pole dancing and table dancing and stuff of that nature. And you know old Mrs Spudding what lives in New Cobblers? Oh, Mrs Spudding with the wooden teeth, Sarge. The very same, Nobby, said Colon magisterially. She does the cleaning in there, and it appears that when she come in at eight o'clock in the morning a.m. with no one else about, Nobby, well, I hardly like to say this, but it appears she took it into her head to have a twirl on the pole. They shared a moment of silence as Nobby ran this image in the cinema of his imagination and hastily consigned much of it to the cutting-room floor. She must be seventy-five, Sarge, he said, staring at nothing in fascinated horror. A girl can dream, Nobby. A girl can dream. This story will delight fans, yet can also be appreciated by those unfamiliar with the Discworld series. The plot may seem a little jerky at times, and the ending perhaps a little rushed, but the adventure is so entertaining that you don't really care what you're riding in or how you got there. The trip is all that matters, and it's quite an exhilarating ride. Thanks to Harper Audio for permission to use clips from their audiobook in this review. This is Susan Dunman inviting you to listen to audiobooks and read at the speed of sound.